Good morning, Woodvale family. It's an honor to share with you from God's word. I am overflowing in my heart and I can't wait to share this message with you today. Well, we're in a six part sermon series that we've been calling ReChurch. And we're exploring the six metaphors of the church in the New Testament. In message number one, we talked to you about the church as a family. In message number two, the church as a building. And last Sunday, the church as a temple. Well, today I wanna talk to you about the church as a field. And I wanna invite you to get your Bible and turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse nine. It's one verse. And Paul said these words, for we are God's coworkers in God's service. You are God's field, God's building. And so I wanna talk to you today about the church as a field. There's three things I wanna share with you. Number one, I wanna talk to you about the definition. And the first thing we're gonna discover that Paul used a unique word for field. He's not talking about a soccer field, a baseball field, a football field. He's talking specifically about an agricultural field. Well, the Greek word Georgion can be translated fields or farmland or husbandry. Husbandry is an ancient word that simply means agriculture. It's like God is the husband and the church is the agriculture and God is caring for his field. The second thing I wanna share with you, it means an area of land for cultivation. So Paul chooses a very specific word to compare the church not to any kind of field, but to a farmer's field, to a place of agriculture. So what does that mean to you and I today? What does that mean to us in 2021? Well, I wanna share with you five things, if I could, to quickly talk to you about how this compares to us and what does this mean to us? Well, the first thing I wanna share with you is God is actually growing things within us. Just like a farmer plants the seed, he prepares the soil, he plants the seed and the crop begins to grow. God is growing things in you and in me, even during this COVID season and even during this lockdown. He's growing more faith. He's growing more trust. He's growing more endurance. He's growing more of a Christ-like character in us. I love what Paul said in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse five, neither do we go beyond our limits by boasting of work done by others. Our hope is that as your faith continues to grow, our sphere of activity among you will greatly expand. My prayer is that God will keep on growing our faith in the days ahead. But then there's number two, proper and regular cultivation is necessary in agriculture. I mean, there's plowing, there's planting, there's watering, and there's even pruning. It's interesting, in the agricultural world, these different things happen one after the other. It's systematic. They would plow the ground, then they would plant the seed, and then they would get this irrigation, and they would even have a time of pruning. But in the supernatural, God sometimes does all these things simultaneously, all at the same time. I don't know about you, but God is breaking up some ground in my life. God is planting some new dreams in my life. God is pruning some things away from me. And in this COVID season, there's been many things taken away from us, but God is the husband and we're the husbandry and he loves us and he's caring for us and he's doing some great things. In 1 Corinthians chapter three, verse five, down to verse nine, Paul said, what after all is Apollos? And what is Paul? Only servants through whom you came to believe as the Lord has assigned to each his task. I planted the seed, Apollos watered it, but God has made it grow. 
So neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything, but only God who makes things grow, the one who plants and the one who waters has one purpose and they will each be rewarded according to their own labor. For we are God's co-workers in God's service and God's field and God's building. But then there's number three, things are constantly changing within us. They really are. You see, we live about nine or 10 kilometers from the church. And every day I travel down Greenbank Road from Barhaven to the church. And there's a several mile stretch of land on Greenbank where it's all farmer's field. That's all it is. And in the springtime, I see the farmers out there plowing the land. And then I see them planting the crops. And by the time the fall comes, I see the crop fully growing. It totally has changed. Well, God's been changing me during this COVID season. And I believe God has been changing you and he's been changing this church and he's making us more like him, Paul said in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18. And we all who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory are being transformed into his image with an ever increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the spirit. You see, I love that God is making us more like him. My prayer for you and me is that we are more like Jesus today than we were one year ago. God is changing us. But then there's number four. Without proper and regular cultivation, we become useless. Just like farmland, if it's not cultivated regular and they're not plowing it and they're not working on it, it becomes useless and purposeless. Well, God wants us to be purpose-filled. I love what Isaiah 7, 25 says, as for the hills once cultivated by the hoe, you will no longer go there for fear of the briars and thorns. They will become places where cattle are turned loose and where sheep run. Isaiah gives us a picture of land that is not being cared for. It becomes useless and without purpose. Well, God doesn't want you. God doesn't want me. And God doesn't want his church to be without purpose. God has a great purpose for Woodville and he has a great purpose for your life. But then there's number five. And this is what we want to focus on today. I want you to write this in your notes. The church is meant to be a place of agriculture, not a place of archeology. span God wants the church, God wants you, and God wants me to be a place of, of agriculture, not archeology. span When you think of an archeologist, you think of someone who goes to some other field or land and they dig up the ground and they're looking for artifacts and they're trying to study a a prehistoric culture and they're trying to find some stuff in the ground and study it and even human remains. They're looking at stuff to learn from something from the past. Well, I wanna declare to you today that when I study this metaphor that the church is a field, it's an agricultural term And God wants the church to be a place of of agriculture, not a place of archeology. span So in our final moments today, I wanna share with you seven differences between archeology span and between agriculture because God wants the church to be a place of agriculture, not a place of archeology. span Well, the first thing I wanna share with you, number one, is that the place of agriculture is a field but the place of archeology span is a dig site. An archeologist would go to a, a field, but they turn it into a dig site and they would dig into the ground and they would try to find something from the past. And they're all about preserving of what used to be. 
But agriculture is not about preserving of what used to be. Agriculture is all about preparing of what will be. God doesn't want his church just to look back and just preserve from the days gone by. He doesn't want us to be a place of a preserving of what used to be. God wants his church to be a place of preparing us for what will be. Because you see, archaeology is all about excavation, but agriculture is all about expectation. And I would pray that you and I, as a church called Woodville, would not be all about preserving of what used to be, but we would be a people that are all about God. You prepare us for what you want us to be because God's church, the place of it, is a field. It's not a dig site. God is preparing us for something great. But then there's number two, agriculture. When you look at agriculture, you're actually living in the present and you're, you're planning for the future. But in archaeology, you're living in the past. I mean, archaeology is all about looking back to the past. But agriculture is living in the present and looking ahead to the future. God doesn't want us to look back and think about the glory days of what God used to do. I mean, I've read about so many revivals and so many moves of God. I've read about what God did on Azusa Street in the Azusa Street Revival. I've read what God did in Scotland in the Hebrides years ago. I've read of some of the amazing things that God did through people like Smith Wigglesworth and others. And my prayer is, God, do something fresh in my generation. Do something fresh in this church and in this city today. May we not just be looking back saying, look what the Lord did in the past. My prayer is that God would do something great today. But some of you, you're looking back to the past and you're stuck in something that's not good but bad. And God wants to free you from it because God wants his church not to be a place of archaeology. God wants his church to be a place of agriculture. He doesn't want us to look back to the past. He wants us to live in the present and get ready for a future that's bright. And I want to declare to you, Woodfell, that even in this COVID season, and as difficult as it is, God is preparing us for something great in the days ahead. You know, about a week ago, I was driving to the church and a stone flew off a vehicle and it chipped my windshield. And I thought I was okay, but a few days later, you know what happened? The crack began to form on the windshield and I had to get a brand new windshield. And I was driving back to the church and I'm looking through my windshield and then I'm looking through my rear view mirror. And did you notice that your windshield is way bigger than your rear view mirror? Do you know why? Because what's ahead of you is bigger and brighter than what is behind you. I love what Isaiah said in Isaiah 43, 18 and 19, forget the former things. Don't dwell on the past. See, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I'm making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. And so church, can I invite us? Let's not look back. Let's look forward. Let the church be a place of agriculture, not archaeology. Let's not be a place of excavation. Let's be a place of expectation. Let's not look back to what was. Let's look forward to what God wants to do. But then there's number three. In agriculture, everything focuses on the harvest. Isn't that true? 
If you're a farmer, you know this. Everything focuses on the harvest. When you, when you prepare the soil and you plant the seed and you, you get the irrigation going or you're pruning, everything is always about the harvest. But in archaeology, everything is focused on what happened before. Let's study the past. Let's learn from something from before. But in agriculture, it's always about the harvest. And when you study the pages of God's word, the harvest speaks of souls. And you know, sometimes in this COVID season, we can lose sight of the main goal of the church. We got to keep the main thing, the main thing. And the main thing is always souls. And I happen to believe that God is about to send a mighty big revival. I don't believe this building that I'm standing in today, it might be empty and there's no one here, but the church is at home watching today. There is no building that can contain what God wants to do. He wants to bring a mighty revival and give us many, many souls. Luke chapter 10, verse two, Jesus told them the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into the harvest field. But then there's number four. In agriculture, your faith is really tested. It really is. And you're dependent on God to bring the rain and give the increase. I mean, in agriculture, the farmer would, would prepare the soil and then, then plant the seed and then, and then just trust God to send the rain. I mean, they've got to do their best and then they've got to let God do the rest. They've got to do their part, but they've got to do what they can do, but let God do what only he can do. But their faith is tested. But that's not the same in archaeology. I mean, when you study archaeology, your faith's not tested. There's nothing at stake because you're not producing something new or alive, but in agriculture, your faith is tested. And in this COVID season, our faith is being tested. It kind of feels like we're in a trial and we're in a, in a tribulation, but our faith, our faith is being tested. And, and there's a great scripture in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 6 and verse 7, where Peter said, in all this, you greatly rejoice. Though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief and all kinds of trials. And these have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire may result in praise and glory and honor when Jesus Christ is being revealed. Now church, we might feel like we're in the fire and we're in a trial and we're in a test and this COVID season is tough, but God is stretching our faith and our faith is being tested. And I believe when we get through this COVID season, the church is gonna be stronger and better than it's ever been. Why? Because the church is not a place of archaeology. The church is a place of agriculture and our faith is being tested. But then there's number five. In agriculture, the ground is constantly pulverized so that new life can be brought forth. Do you know what the word pulverized mean? It means to, to crumble. It means to break something up into, into little crumbs. It means to grind. It means to crush. And a farmer would, would till the ground. He would go to the fallow ground and break up the fallow ground and, and break up the soil and crush the soil and, and make the soil so small and fine particles. And in agriculture, the ground is constantly pulverized, but not in archaeology. 
I mean, when you study archaeology, the ground is stabilized. An archaeologist will work hard so that nothing from the past is ever disturbed. Well, I saw an amazing verse in the Old Testament in Hosea, chapter 10, verse 12, where the prophet said, sow righteousness for yourself, reap the fruit of unfailing life and break up your unplowed ground for its time to seek the Lord until he comes and showers his righteousness on you. You see, I don't know about you, but in this challenging season, God's been breaking up some ground in my life. He's been breaking up some areas in my life. You ever notice that sometimes the storm that comes to you that you think is meant to break you, that God uses that same storm to make you. I met some people, a little storm is coming their way and a little storm without God will break you. But then I see other people, a huge storm comes their way, but they face it with God and a huge storm that you face with God will make you. Have you ever discovered that sometimes God has to break us before he makes us? Sometimes he's got to bruise us before he uses us. And, and sometimes before God can use a man or a woman greatly, they've got to be hurt deeply. And so a farmer would go to the fallowed ground and break up the fallowed ground and, and crush it and, and break it and make it into little particles so that, so that he could plant the seed so that the ground is ready for the seed, so that the seed would grow into the crop. And, and in this COVID season, God has been breaking us, but, but he breaks us because he loves us and he's breaking up the hard areas of our life. Why? Because he's got a great plan. Why? Because he's the husband and we're the husbandry and he cares for us and he's planting new dreams and he's planting new visions and he's planting something great in our life. Be openness. Be open to brokenness because brokenness prepares you for what God wants to do in you and what God wants to do through you. But there's more. Number six, in agriculture, there's always forward motion. It's always about moving forward. It's always about constant change, but not in archeology. span It's not forward motion, it's backward motion. And you're looking to memorialize the days that are gone by. Well, I want to declare to you that God doesn't want us to go back. God wants us to go forward. We can't go back. But I also pray that we don't get stuck in where we're at. But I pray that we would move forward because in agriculture, there's forward motion. And for some of you today in this COVID scene, it's so hard. It's so discouraging. And you feel like, like, oh man, I'm getting nowhere. Well, God doesn't want you to be stuck. We can't go back. We must move forward. And let me remind you again, let's not preserve what used to be. Let's pray God prepare us for where you want to take us and where you want us to be because the best days for this church, for God's church, are the days ahead. I'm not a dig site, you're not a dig site, we're a field. And God is growing some things in us, God is preparing us 
and there's greater things in the days ahead. I love what it says in Philippians chapter 3, 12 to 14. Paul said, not that I've already obtained all this or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I don't consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, I forget what is behind and I strain towards what is ahead. I press on towards the goal to win the prize which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. When I was a young boy, I was a runner and I loved to run and I learned you can't look back when you're running. You can't look to the left. You can't look to the right. You got to look straight for the goal and you got to run towards the goal line and church, let's not go back. Let's move forward. Let's not get stuck in this season and feel like this is all there is. Let's move forward to what God has for us in the days ahead. But there's one more thing that I want to leave with you today. The difference between agriculture and archaeology. Here it is, in agriculture, it's, it's hard work. You ask any farmer, they get up early and they work late and they work really hard. But it's all focused on producing life and life-giving sustenance. I mean, why does a farmer do what a farmer does? Why? Because the farmer wants to see the crops grow so it can be food for you and for me. But in archaeology, it's different. It's, it's hard work. I'm sure it's hard work to dig ground to find something that's there in the ground, but, it, but it's all focused on discovery. And it's all focused on preservation of the past. Let me be transparent with you today, church. This is a tiring season. I mean, we've had to change every way we do church. Here I am speaking to a camera today. It's changed. Everything's changed. The doors of the church are closed and we can't have anyone in the building for a public gathering. Only 10 people on site as we're presenting this service today. Many of our ministries have gone virtually online and many of you, you're, you're at home and you're trying to do school with your children online and everything's changed and you can't see your family and it's discouraging. You need to know that the weapon that the devil has, that the devil has pulled out of his armory bag is discouragement. And the devil is throwing discouragement at the church. And if the devil can get a believer in Jesus discouraged, the devil has crippled us from what God wants to do. And if the devil can get your pastor discouraged and your pastoral team discouraged and your church board discouraged, the devil can cripple what God wants to do. Well, it might be hard work, but I exposed the tactic of the enemy to discourage us. We are not gonna be discouraged. We are not gonna grow weary. We're gonna rise up by faith and we're gonna press on to what God has for us in the days ahead. I love what it says in Galatians chapter six, verse seven down to verse nine. Paul said, do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Whoever sows to please their flesh from the flesh will reap destruction. And whoever sows to please the spirit from the spirit will reap eternal life. Watch this. Let us not become weary in doing good. For at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Well, I want to declare to you, church, in these final moments, 
that one of the greatest metaphors of the church is we are a field, not just any field, not a soccer field, not a baseball field, not a football field, but an agricultural field. We are God's field. We are God's husbandry and he's the husband and he's caring for us. And there's times when we might feel like he's breaking us. He's breaking up the fallow ground and and he's plowing us and, and then he's planting new things in us and he's pruning us, but God knows what he's doing. You see this COVID virus, this coronavirus was not a surprise to God. The devil would want to use it to cripple what God wants to do, but I believe God wants to use it to pivot us to greater days ahead. So don't get discouraged. Mom, don't get discouraged. Dad, don't get discouraged. Young adult, don't get discouraged. Senior, don't get discouraged. We are family. We're doing life together and we're a building. We got the foundation of God's word and we've got Jesus, the cornerstone that's keeping us together and you're a living stone and we're the temple and the Holy Spirit is, I'm preaching now, aren't I? And the Holy Spirit is in us, but we are God's fields. And so may we never get trapped as a church, as a place of archeology, span a place that's all about preserving the past of what used to be. May we as a church be a field May we be a place where God is preparing us for what he has in the days ahead. And so I declare to you, church, the best is yet to come. Well, I wanna pray for you. And after I pray, we're gonna worship in a song together. And then there's some final important words I want to share with you. Would you bow your heads with me, Father God? I thank you for this amazing church called Woodville. Evelyn and I are so honored to do life with these amazing people. God, I wanna thank you for placing us here for such a time as this. And I pray God everyone today would be reminded that we are your field. We are your husbandry, you are the husband and you care for us and God help us to never look back and preserve what used to be. But God, would you prepare us for where you wanna take us and what you want to do in us and what you wanna do through us. God, we might feel like we're in a trial and our faith is being tested, but I believe God, you are up to something big. So wrap your arms around the church family and encourage each one. I pray this now. In Jesus' name, amen.
set my feet upon the sea till I'm dancing in the deep. Peace, be still. You are here, sweet as well. Even when my eyes can't see, I will trust the voice that speaks. I'm not gonna be afraid. These ways are only ways I'm not gonna be afraid I'm not gonna be afraid I'm not gonna fear the storm Cause you are greater than its roar I'm not gonna fear the storm Oh, I'm not gonna fear it all Peace, be still, say the word
Rise up, O oh heart, believe and let faith rise up in me. It is so exciting that we can worship together. Wasn't that a powerful song? Well, in these final moments, I want to ask you an important question, and it's this. If today was the day that you died and you stepped into eternity, do you know that you know that you're going to heaven? Was there a time? Was there a place? Was there a moment that you personally asked Jesus Christ into your life? You weren't always a follower of Jesus. You weren't always a Christian. Was there a time, a place that you asked Jesus to come into your life? Christianity is not about religion. It's a personal relationship with God through Jesus Christ. Jesus said, I'm the way, I'm the truth. I'm the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And someday Jesus is coming back for his church. It could be today. Are you ready if Jesus came back today? If you can't answer that question with a definite yes, I want to lead you in this prayer to receive Christ in your life. Would you join me? Dear Jesus, I ask you today to come into my life. Please forgive me of my sins. I have decided to follow you. Today, I confess you as my Savior and my Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. I believe that there's many of you, whether here in the city of Ottawa or across the nation of Canada or around the world, that you today ask Jesus Christ to come into your life. You have made the best decision of your life. And however this service is presented to you today, reach back to us and we will reach out to you. We'd love to get you in our virtual follow class that will help you in your new faith journey. Reach out to us. And if you're still checking out Christianity, you've got questions, we have another ministry called Alpha. Reach out to us. We'd love to get you in Alpha. It will answer your questions. And if Woodville is your church home, we've got 60 plus connect groups all across Ottawa and in the outlying areas. We'd love to see you in a connect group. Most of them are running virtually right now. We're in this lockdown, but they're still happening online. Go to our church website, check out our connect groups. We'd love to get you in one. And if you're looking for some extra help, anger management, divorce care, search for significance, we've got some amazing life groups that can help you. And we also have a ministry called Celebrate Recovery. Well, we've just completed 21 days of fasting and prayer. I can't think of a better way to start the new year than fasting and prayer. And tonight is the concluding moment. I am excited about it. We have our all church prayer gathering. It's going to be a Zoom prayer gathering and you need to register for it. Go to our church website on the front page where it says register for an event. Go to that and register for our Zoom prayer night tonight. It's happening at six o'clock. I want to also take this moment to thank the many of you that this past week went to the website City on Our Knees and you signed up to pray for your street. I believe there were believers from churches all across Ottawa that were praying on their street. I think that's amazing. Well, Evelyn, I love you. God bless you. Have an amazing week.